Welcome in. What is going on? SODFS. We are back. Week one. I am thrilled to be here. You know, we spent a lot of time during the offseason diving in on the offseason content, but you know, it all just brings us right back here. Week one, SODFS. We're back. And not only that, I'm with my guy Nate here, as usual. We're excited to talk to you guys about the NFL Week 1 main slate here on DraftKings. You can follow me on Twitter at DanBrownNFL and Nate at Nate underscore FFL. Uh, Nate, what's going on, my brother? How you doing? Uh, not too bad, man. I, I mean, it's hard to be sour when football's back on TV, so uh, it was a good week. Uh, even better now that the week's over and I'm here chilling with you guys. So nothing too much to complain about for me, man. Uh, how have things been going with you? Uh, as, I, as I mentioned pre-show, man, things are hectic here in the Brown household. We are just a week away from closing on our new home. We're going to be moving an hour and a half south, a little bit closer to Atlanta. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm excited for the move, excited for, uh, NFL season there. It's just, there's a lot to unpack here and pack right now for me, actually. So we're going to be packing up the Brown house this week. And tonight we're going to be unpacking the main slate on DraftKings. But before we go any further, I do want to take a moment to mention that SODFS is officially part of the fantasy points media group. Make sure you guys are checking out all of the great content at fantasy points, Using the Fantasy Points Premium Access, you can use our promo code SUN22 for 10% off a subscription today. Go check it out at FantasyPoints.com. Nate, let's get into the news and notes. Yeah, so before we jump into the show, we're going to talk about some NFL newsworthy and slash DFS worthy news and notes. Um, Before we get going, the first thing we're going to touch on is uh, some Jalen Ramsey news. Now, this has been confirmed through several DFS sources and SODFS sources. That Jalen Ramsey has reportedly left the country after last night's game. Now, I'm sure most of you watching and listening have watched last night's game. It was not pretty for Jalen Ramsey. As a matter of fact, the end of last season wasn't pretty for Jalen Ramsey. Last night, he gave up three catches, 89 yards, two touchdowns, and 156.3 passer rating against him to trash quarterback Josh Allen. I'm sure that is something Ramsey very much regrets saying at this point. Maybe he doesn't. Who knows with Jalen Ramsey? But it was a very, well, it was a very, very, very ugly, ugly thing to watch last night. Unfortunately, as we know, uh, being fantasy football in- enthusiasts, once you get to the top, there's really only one place to go from there. So maybe it's coming. You know, I'm not saying that that Jalen Ramsey is a a non-talent. I'm just saying maybe he's not the Jalen Ramsey that that we've come to know and love. You know, Darrell Revis, uh, Revis Island was was an island for so long, and, and until you know the glaciers melted and the water level rise, and then that island was gone. But uh, you know, I'm just saying. I think better days are ahead of him. That that one route where he just really got burned. He I don't know if he thought he had help over the top, uh, but he let Gabe Davis just run right past or Steph Stephon Diggs run right past him. I mean, d- didn't even seem to, to to see him. So he he got cooked. Uh, saw a lot of good uh, toast uh, memes on on Twitter uh, among other things, but. Uh, uh, that, that that was a pretty good showing there by Stephon Diggs and the Bills made Jalen Ramsey look silly. Yeah, these are top-level athletes that Jalen Ramsey is oddly faced with week in and week out. So we're not disrespecting Jalen Ramsey, but he does put up a um, a big talk. So we're going to give it back to him when he um, you know fails to live up to those expectations. But in other news, Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson could not agree to terms on a new deal. Lamar Jackson is reportedly betting on himself. It's a term we hear all the time when athletes don't resign, uh, you know, before their contracts come to an end. What that means to me and for DFS purposes is that Lamar Jackson is going to be playing his ass off even more than he already does because he's going to want, you know, obviously another big contract. So, I think this does have DFS implications because he's going to want to show out extra this year, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I've I've been soaking up tons of Lamar uh, throughout the offseason via best ball, so I am hoping that is the case. Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott is reportedly fine despite being limited in practice with an ankle injury this week. 
Uh, I actually kind of sneaky like Dak Prescott this week. Uh, yes, the matchup where they're with, with Tampa Bay, uh, but this past year, this very matchup, we saw Dak Prescott drop back and, and with, with 50 plus pass attempts, that very well could be the case. Yes, Zeke is going to be in. They're going to keep him in on, on obvious passing situations uh, to, to pass block, if nothing else. Uh, you know, so I, I think Dak actually has some sneaky upside this week. He's going to be a lower owned uh, QB that I, that I think you can get behind. You know, CD Lamb's coming along for the ride, and his, his ownership's actually not ridiculous. I looked at a bunch of them here just prior to the show. Uh, Dak Prescott, CD Lamb stack. I, I think there's definitely going to be at least a little bit exposure on my end. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I don't dislike Dak a ton. Um, I just. Uh seen a lot of, uh, I guess I would call it kind of average scoring as far as DFS goes last year. So I'd like to see a little bit of something, something before I, you know, fully buy in this year. Yeah, no, I hear that. Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas progresses towards being on the field this Sunday. If he is, his level of involvement for week one is a little bit unknown at this point. Uh, you know, we didn't hear a ton all offseason long. Then all of a sudden, you know, we're seeing clips of, of training camp and he's looking good. He's running routes. And then all of a sudden, another injury kind of flares up. So we're not really sure what to make of it at this point. He's going to be a risky GPP play, but a guy who could come out and just, you know, absolutely dominate the targets there from Jameis Winston this week. So something to keep an eye on. If he gets a full clear this week and ends up staying sub 5% like he is as of right now, I think I might have some sneaky Michael Thomas this week, too. Well, what's interesting to me about Michael Thomas is the fact that Chris Olave and uh, Jarvis Landry are now in New Orleans, too. You know, it's a lot different than the receiving corpse that they had last year for Jameis Winston, which makes Winston far more appealing to me this year. And we'll talk about that more later. But, yeah, Michael Thomas, uh, I think it will only help him having guys like Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave in the fold to free him up, you know, from double coverage and things like that. So I, I can't wait to see Thomas get back on the field. Let's see. it. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, going back to the Ravens, the status of Ravens running back JK Dobbins, who obviously suffered that torn ACL last year is still an open question. Uh, according to head coach, John Harbaugh, uh, Dobbins is ascending quickly in his recovery from said torn ACL. So it'll be interesting to see exactly when he gets back on the field. Obviously, a lot of us that play fantasy football are are heavily betting on Dobbins getting back out there. Uh, any thoughts on Dobbins, Dan? Uh, you know, I actually early on in the offseason was getting a decent amount via best ball, but I cooled off on him significantly. Um, it's really just been the Lamar show that I've been after. Uh, you know, we, we saw this past year. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens uh, dropping back and throwing passes at an unprecedented rate. And it was because they saw their first, second, and third string running backs go down to a season-ending injuries. And lo and behold, they're bringing in a, uh, you know, Mike Davis off the street, Kenyon Drake, uh, you know, bouncing around from team to team early in the year. I just don't know that, that once again, that running game is going to be there. So what's it going to lean on Lamar Jackson and his legs? And potentially we might see the, that passing that we've been talking about. Oh, regression, regression, regression all offseason. Uh, it very well may be, maybe not to the level that we saw this past year, but maybe it's not going to fall too much further down the totem pole. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, last couple little bits of news to mention, Buccaneers wide receiver Chris Godwin has been a full participant in practice this week. On the other side of that footnote, 49ers tight end Greg Kittle with the groin injury did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. I did not get a chance to see if he practiced today. We are monitoring both situations closely. Uh, one thing that sticks out to me is if uh, George Kittle is unable to go this weekend, which obviously I hope he is, but if he's not, it uh, gives a little bit of a bump to Brendan Ayuk, um, in my opinion. Yeah, no, absolutely. George Kittle, I think this is, yeah, the third day in a row now that he's he's mispracticed. Even if they are to greenlight him before, I'm going to be a little bit wary. His ownership is sub 2% right now, so the, the field is right there with us on that. It, it might be a good GPP play if he gets lit up. I like Trey Lance a lot this week, and I'm going to go ahead and talk about him as we move into our quarterback section right now. Over the last three seasons, we've seen guys like C.J. Bathard, 
Lazard, Nick Mullins, and Jimmy Garoppolo all rank in the top 20 in yards per attempt. While the 49ers have arguably one of the best schemes and the players to create yak monsters on a yearly basis, and the QBs have been the beneficiary. Add that to the fact that Lance has the superb rushing ability that we all know he has, averaging 60 rushing yards per game in his two starts this past season, which was second best among all quarterbacks last year. That gives him a great ceiling for week one, and having that $6,000 price tag will undoubtedly make him a lock for some of my cash lineups. And I was a bit surprised to see his ownership is not nearly as high as I thought it would be. So if it stays sub five like it is right now, I'm going to have a ton of Trey Lance exposure. Sub five is uh, sub five percent is sexy. Uh, to be honest with you, I wasn't really looking at Lance too much until that you know that ownership percentage was put on the show sheet. Sub five percent makes him very much in play for me too. Um, I mean, I don't know how you get away at that point. I do think Lance has a lot of growing pain still to go through, um, but with DFS, you know, you don't have to be perfect, and he's going to move around, run the ball quite a bit, and stuff like that. So yeah, there's a lot to like there. Um, quarterback I'm going to talk about, and he quite possibly is probably my favorite quarterback for NFL DFS this week is, uh, Matt Ryan quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts at 5,500. Uh, I think it's, I think it's quite apparent to everybody, um, that there will be a lot of people jumping on Jonathan Taylor in tournaments, given last season's overall body of work. And the fact that he eviscerated the Houston Texans last year for 288 rushing yards and four touchdowns across their two divisional matchup games. Uh, you know, that makes Matt Ryan at least and one of his pass catchers, which is, you know, hint, hint, it's Michael Pittman. But it's a very intriguing leverage play in GPPs against a Houston defense that's allowing 251.8 passing yards per game at home in 2021 and 27 touchdown passes during the season overall. The Texans also gave up an NFL high 6.2 yards per play at home last season, along with a 66.6% completion rate. And finally, uh, the last thing I'm going to consider with this is that the Texans also tied for the third highest explosive pass rate conceded overall in the NFL at 10%. So I know not my Matt Ryan's not a uh, necessarily a sexy or flashy quarterback at this point, but one thing he does do is target his wide receiver one very heavily. We've seen that throughout his career in Atlanta. He's now in Indianapolis, and I think he continues to do so. We'll talk more about Michael Pittman later, but at 5,500, I'm big on Matt Ryan this week and uh, his potential upside at that price tag. Yeah, he's coming in at 3% projected ownership right now. So uh, Pittman is is one of the chalkier plays at uh, definitely at the wide receiver position this week. I think coming in at like 17%, we'll, uh, we'll get there. But uh, I was surprised Matt Ryan's as low as he is. I think between JT and Pittman, even as a one-off, people are content. They don't think that Matt Ryan's got that rushing upside and they're going to stay away from him. But uh, you could very well end up, uh, you know, kind of – fading the chalk here in, in JT. Maybe you bring Pittman, bite the chalk on Pittman, but bring Matt Ryan along for the ride and maybe Paris Campbell, yeah. another guy that we're going to talk about here in just a little bit. And, and all of a sudden you've got a stack that's working as leverage against anybody who, who's got Jonathan Taylor. In. And let me take a look here. Jonathan Taylor coming in at 16%. So that's great leverage against the field there for, for a Matty Ice stack. And, you know, longtime Falcon fan, I can't say enough good things about Matt Ryan. I'm hoping he does uh, uh, wonders for the Colts this year. Nothing nothing would make me happier than Matt Ryan be the reason the Colts take home the Super Bowl this year. So uh, I, I like that call a lot there, Nate. Uh, who else we got on the block? Uh, Nate, who's your next QB you're looking at? Uh, my next guy is going to be Jameis Winston. And, uh, you know, I recognize that this was a guy you weren't, you know, extremely happy to attach your name to this week. And I was admittedly a bit hesitant as well. And I think anybody that um, has obviously followed the track history of Jameis Winston would um, understandably be hesitant to do so. But a lot of a lot has changed in New Orleans this year. Um, they were 30th in pass rate last season. I do expect that to increase um, as Winston is now healthy. Offensive weapons have increased. There's now Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry. They're all there compared to, you know, a Marcus Calloway, Traquan Smith, and Deontay Harris. You know, and that's 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 a very, very, very different wide receiver room. Uh, you can combine that with the fact that Atlanta was 29th and passed DVOA last year and dead last in adjusted sack rate by a very, very wide margin. 
Uh, I think game script, um, I think game script could probably be an issue, uh, but the increased volume uh, should be better. And the path to least resistance is going to be via the air uh, in this game. The Falcons also gave up an NFL high 71.6% completion rate at home last season and ranked in the bottom half of the league with seven yards per attempt surrendered there. So while their NFL low 17 sacks also help facilitate plenty of time in the pocket, I think it's something to be that will be particularly benefited from is the turnover consensus, like signal caller, like Winston, he will benefit from that. So, well, I, I think Winston will probably still throw a pick or two, but I think that he'll have uh, a little bit more time, you know, and he's obviously got better weapons. So uh, while I don't love this play, I think it's a, it's more of a GPP thing for me, but I, you know, I'm going to roll some Winston out there, obviously uh, at a lowered expectation, so to speak. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that call. Would love if MT did get green light prior to that game. That that would make me feel a lot better about him. But I want to talk about one more quarterback that's uh, on the, the really cheap side here and coming in and at 2% projected ownership this week. That's my guy, Marcus Mariota of the Atlanta Falcons. So same game here that we were just talking about. In 2020, Mariota scored 25.8 fantasy points in his lone game with 88 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Essentially, that rushing upside slash floor, however you want to look at it, is there. He looked this. He looked pretty decent this preseason from what we saw from him. I really like paying all the way down with Marcus Mariota and maybe going with a Kyle Pitts there for the stack there. And if uh, maybe Kamara there is a running back for, for uh, your RB1 and a bring back, I think that is a, a, a slick little stack. You can save a decent chunk there with Mariota and at sub 2%. If he does get, you know, 60, 70 yards and a rushing touchdown and maybe throws for 225 and two touchdowns, I mean, we might be looking at a top eight option here. And when he's priced as the, I mean, he, he's cheaper than Sam Darnold, who's on IR right now. Sam Darnold's 5,300. We got Marcus Mariota at, at 5,200 at sub 2% projected ownership. I mean, get you some Marcus Mariota this week. Again, Kyle Pitts is probably the only guy that I that I feel halfway decent about stacking him with. But I don't mind if, if you want to play a couple of stud running backs, throw Marcus Mariota in there at the Q, QB position at 5,200. And you can get Kamara on the bring back, and then you can get a, a Saquon Barkley or Austin Eckler there as your RB2 and really just load up on the RB or, or wide receivers. Are, they're very friendly pricing this week. So if I'm paying up this week, I want to pay up at the running back position, and and there's plenty of guys that, that we're going to talk about and beyond that that you can plug into your RB1 and RB2. Pricing week one can be a little bit crazy. Uh, but but we're here for it. I mean, the price is definitely right. Um, while I don't love the wide receiver weapons in Atlanta, particularly at the beginning of the year, you know, when we're talking about rookies and things like that, uh, I've always been a big fan of Marcus Mariota. I think he's got great ability. Um, I don't think he's a great quarterback, but I do think he's a good quarterback. And he does have a lot of rushing upside. So for NFL DFS, that's um, that's something that we look for. So I don't hate Mariota. I do like I do like the call this week, especially at fifty two hundred and two percent ownership uh, um, ownership projection. So I love that. That looks really good. Um, I also see you've got Jalen Hurts as a guy we're keeping an eye on this week of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, they're playing Detroit this week. Hurts is shaping up to be uh, the clear cash game quarterback and a lot of DFS uh, in his 12 career games with a total of 49 points. Hertz is averaging an impressive 26.5 DraftKings fantasy points per game. That is a very sexy stat. Hertz is a guy that has consistently put up great fantasy numbers, whether or not, uh, you know, the real NFL football heads like him as the Eagles quarterback or not. Hertz uh, is consistently producing in fantasy and in uh, DFS as well. Yeah, I love I love Hertz this week in cash games. You can you can stack them up with with AJB or, or Devonta Smith, another guy that we're going to talk about. So lots of options. Goddard at tight end. I mean, you can go a bunch of different ways with Jalen Hurts. You can run him out there naked if you want to. Uh, but Jalen Hurts in cash, he's coming in at thirteen percent projected ownership right now. Uh, so you you're not going to necessarily break a slate wide open by having him. But cash play all day. Yes, sir. 
Uh, Nate, let's move on into the running back position. I'm going to talk about the the chalkiest guy on the slate, and while he is coming in at 22% uh, projected ownership, that's Christian McCaffrey, Carolina Panthers, coming in at 8,500 this week. He has been nothing short of an all-time great for fantasy football when he is indeed healthy. He has averaged an outrageous 26.9 fantasy points per game that is over his last 39 healthy games including his legendary 29.4 fantasy point per game season in 2019 which was the fifth best fantasy running back season of all time and is still today easily the best running back fantasy season of the past decade the panthers are only one point favorites in week one but regardless of game script we know cmc should produce he's averaged 26.7 fantasy points per game in losses and 23.9 fantasy points per games in wins since 2018 essentially bulletproof so long as he's healthy and staying on the field CMC has been cheap, has only been cheaper than this current price tag of 8,500 one time since 2019. And while the roster percentage coming in at at, at 22% projected right now, you're not going to separate from the field, but it might be a guy that you just want to go ahead and eat the chalk, take the value, because at 8,500, CMC is a value week one. Yeah, he absolutely is. Um, the only thing I can say is, man, uh, he was put on the injury report despite being listed as he's good to go and everything. But after the last two years and somebody that's owned CMC in several leagues, including my home league, uh, it does make me a bit worried to see him on the injury report before week one even kicks off. Um, outside of that, as far as uh, NFL DFS goes, uh, excellent, excellent value at that price tag at 8500 He's only going to go up from there if he stays healthy and on the field. So. Great call by you. Uh, there's no way I'll ever go against Christian McCaffrey as long as he's healthy. A guy that I'm going to talk about, and a guy we talked about many, 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 many times in 2021, is Lions running back DeAndre Swift. He's priced at 6,800 this week in the Lions' uh, home 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 opener against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, obviously, DraftKings is a full PPR fantasy scoring score uh, format, um, and SODFS is, like I said, big, big fans of uh, DeAndre Swift since last year. Um, he had a 62, 452, and two tally through the air over 13 games last year while building chemistry with then new quarterback Jared Goff. Um, you know, the Eagles also made for a great matchup for pass catching backs last year, giving up the third most receptions at 116 to the position along with the eighth most passing yards at 719. And Philly also ranked number 22 in second-level yards per carry allowed at 1.27. So Swift generated an impressive 13.9% broken tackle rate last season. When you compare that with the um, the receiving yards to the running backs that they allowed, I think that sets up for a very, very, very nice matchup to DeAndre Swift this week. Um I don't see how you can go wrong at 6,800 really. And his projected ownership right now is rolling in at 15%. Will that go up more than likely? Um, but there's a lot to like with DeAndre Swift versus the Eagles this week. And I don't see, you know, how you steer away from him really. Yeah, no, I, I like that call right there. I think Swift is, is absolutely going to feast this season coming in at 15% right now. So, uh, not too bad, but that is probably top 15 as, as far as chalk percentages go projected-wise. Uh, I'm going to talk about another guy that's right there with him coming in at 17% as of right now, and that's Saquon Barkley running back New York Giants coming in at 6,100. When Barkley was healthy to start this past season, in weeks 2, 3, and 4, he averaged an 84% snap share, which was 16.8 expected fantasy points per game, 18.3 touches per game, and 20 fantasy points per game. Now, the Giants are 6.5-point underdogs versus the Titans this week. Barkley still posts a respectable 17.8 fantasy points per game on DraftKings, good enough for RB9 in his 34 career healthy games where the Giants were underdogs, so you need not worry about him getting phased out of the game plan, regardless of what goes on. Expect Saquon Barkley to be heavily involved. I'm excited to see what Dabal brings to this uh, New York Giants offense as far as the passing game. There's a little bit uh, uh, more guys that we're going to talk about as far as the Giants go. 
traditionally the Titans have been pretty stiff against the run this past year, but I think the the involvement in the passing game that I expect from uh, Dabal and Saquon Barkley, I think is going to give him a, a real ability to tap into that ceiling. 6,100, I like that price. That's coming in at what, like RB15? Uh, that's a steal. You know, I think I think anybody would like to have Saquon Barkley at RB15 in week one, even if it is a pretty st- stout matchup. Yeah, you know, it is a stout matchup. And as hesitant as you were to buy into Winston, I do have hesitation into buying into Saquon Barkley. But the good thing is, as you mentioned, is there is a change in res- regime in New York. So uh, I don't hate it. And at the $6,100 price tag, um, I will have some exposure for sure. Um, a guy I'm going to talk about is a little bit more expensive. That's going to be Aaron Jones, running back of the Green Bay Packers. And for me, liking Aaron Jones this week kind of leads down to leads down to one thing, and that's going to going to be um, his passing game work. Uh, he averaged nearly seven targets per game uh, last in the past seven games without Devontae Adams. Obviously, Devontae Adams is not in Green Bay anymore. On top of that, the questions surrounding Green Bay Packers offense almost always revolve around whether uh, always revolved around where Adams targets would go with Adams, not there anymore. Um, you know, they have obviously Alan Lazard, a um, couple other guys and some rookies. So I think that you're going to see Aaron Jones worked heavily, heavily, heavily into this offensive program this year. I think you're going to see him split out to wide receiver quite a bit. And I also think you're going to see a lot of two running back sets. Um, so, uh, beyond that, um, with those unaccounted for targets, um, coming off three straight seasons of 63 or more targets, Adams uh, or excuse me, Jones is obviously going to get a bump. And there's a Jones, there's a chance Jones could reach triple digits this year. And if you're not liking that, he could safely produce above uh, an 80% target share uh, and a 12.9% last season. So I think Jones is in a prime position, whether it's working, you know, with carries, receptions or any of the above, Jones is going to get a ton of work this year, whether he likes it or not. And so is the guy that I'm going to talk about next who plays on his team. But um, before I move on, you know, Dan, do you have any thoughts on Aaron Jones, the $6,700 price tag and his 12% ownership projection? Yeah, I, I don't I don't mind Aaron Jones. I think he's going to absolutely eat this season with Aaron Rodgers uh and, and AJ Dillon as well might might have there's not a necessarily a running back tandem that I feel better about as far as having a chance to really get up there and produce two guys that, that very well could in, end up top twelve running backs on the same team. Uh it, I you know stay out of my mentions. I know there's some um, Cleveland Brown guys and, and and some others out there that 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 want to get it. But Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon this year both have a chance to put up substantial numbers. The problem is 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 you know what are we going to see as far as a usage basis? Can both of these guys uh, capitalize and get get enough work to both be relevant? Is Aaron Jones going to get majority of the receiving work? We've seen reports that A.J. Dillon is also going to get looks, and, and both guys are essentially interchangeable. But Aaron Jones is, is a superior pass catcher out of the backfield. Aaron Rodgers has shown a lot of comfort in using him that way. I think that's what we're going to see is Aaron Jones getting those – five, six, seven targets a week potentially, and a, a little bit of work in the running game as well. He is uh, uh, exactly the type of running back that I want to target in PPR formats. Aaron Rodgers is going to run this boat. He's going to do it no matter who he has to throw to. Aaron Jones is going to be a big beneficiary this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think both are startable, obviously not in the same lineup. That's – well. I mean, I don't know. I've seen crazier shit happen, but you know, super I wouldn't. I would, yeah, super contrarian. I wouldn't recommend it, but man, I after the last few weeks of NASCAR DFS, I've seen some of the most ridiculous shit happen that you wouldn't even believe. So, moving on from that, the guy we're obviously going to talk about next is AJ Dillon, um, Aaron Jones's uh, teammate in Green Bay. Uh, he's priced at fifty three hundred with a five percent projected ownership. You know, Dillon may be the second uh, running back on his team, but he's also an RB two for fantasy. Uh, purposes this week. Dylan has a strong is a strong power back who averaged 16.4 touches per game from week 10 on last season. In games with at least 16 touches, he also averaged 18.5 fantasy points per game. 
Uh, the Packers are obviously, as we mentioned before, thin at wide out this season, and we could see a lot of Aaron Jones lining up at receiver at times and the uh, aforementioned two running back sets in Green Bay. So uh, he starts the year as a favor in a, with a favorable matchup against the Vikings, who allowed 20.1 fantasy points per game to running backs last season, including 17 total touchdowns. So I think Dylan should be started uh, as a low-end RB2. I do actually prefer um, AJ to Dylan over Aaron Jones because the price tag is $1,400 cheaper if you had to – make me pick between one of the two. I would actually lean AJ Dillon and I don't know if many would do that. What do you think, Dan? Uh yeah, I, I don't know that I want to roll out AJ Dillon week one. I kind of want to see the usage. I would feel more comfortable in Aaron Jones. And apparently the field does too coming in at 12% versus the 5%. But if you want to get a little contrarian, maybe AJ Dillon does end up putting together, you know, uh, a 17 for you know, 120 and two line ends up being a back half RB one this this uh, week one, but uh, you know I, I I don't mind either guy here. I think that is a game that that I am going to want to target, maybe potentially build around. There's a lot of options there between. Uh, you know, you could stack Aaron Rodgers with, with Aaron Jones, uh, potentially like Coach Craig was alluding to, Randall Cobb as well. Lazard is doubtful as of right now. Uh, so, you know, a, a already thin wide receiver core for Aaron, for Aaron Rodgers may lead to even more targets for that backfield, and that could go either way. But I want to mention another guy in Damian Pierce, a guy that we've heard a ton of buzz about over the last couple weeks. He is playing against the Colts this week and coming in at 6% projected ownership. Now, the obvious problem for Pierce in week one is the Texans are seven and a half point underdogs. And especially since Pierce will likely see the passing down work to Rex Burkhead as of now, the hype surrounding him the past few weeks, the ownership might be a tad higher than I was hoping for, but I will have some GPP exposure probably coming in at just sub 6% right now. Uh, I, I very, 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 very much feel like that 6% is going to jump. And I think it's going to jump considerably if it doesn't. And I don't have shares. I'm going to feel like a fool, but I, I'm a betting man in the fact that um, it's going to go up considerably. I would like to think so anyway. Um, but before we get into the second half of the show, um, I do want to give a big shout out to our uh, partners at Fantasy Points Media. Um, sign up to Fantasy Points today. With Fantasy Points, you have access to all the newest and best websites in the industry for your season-long daily fantasy and NFL betting needs. Access to Things like articles, live streams, podcasts, cheat sheets, a community chat on Discord that is 100% free, online tools, and many more things are available at your fingertips. And it's just a subscription you'll need for this fantasy football season. So sign up to Fantasy Points Premium Content today. Use our promo code SUNS22 and get 10% off at FantasyPoints.com. Go check it out because if you ride with Fantasy Points, you'll score more in 2022 and beyond. Yeah, Fantasy Points has really taken my uh, DFS knowledge and, and, and my just know-how with, with how to utilize some of the tools that they have, uh, you know, be between the projected roster ship and then they have uh, a Fantasy Points per dollar uh, sheet and, and I, I love that that's one of my favorite features that fantasy points has you get fantasy points basically you can highlight the 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 true values of any given slate and i'll go ahead and just just read off the top five values that they have as of right now that's romeo dubs cole Komet, travis Etienne, Kadarius tony and jahan dotson all with the highest fantasy points per dollar amount and that's going off of the experts there at fantasy pose pros or at fantasy points putting their projections in into the model and then taking that price tag and seeing who who indeed pops as a true value this is something that that i use often i mix that with with the uh, projected roster ship and really can put together some true value guys there at, at a lower uh, percentage owned there. And th those are just some of the many tools that that fantasy points has to offer. So I highly encourage you guys to go check them out. Tons of free content. 
you know, as much as we're here pushing the subscription aspect of it, they are constantly putting out free content uh, for for anybody and everybody to read. And if you like what you see, maybe at that point, that's when you decide that, that you want to get in a little bit deeper, get the premium access, use our promo code SUN22, and score more here with us in SODFS this season. Uh, Nate, you ready to move into the wide receiver position? I'm ready, bud. All right, guys, so for week one here on DK, Jamar Chase is actually $1,200 cheaper than he was in week 18 uh, this past season. Devontae Adams is $1,300 cheaper. T. Higgins is $1,100 cheaper and so forth. Almost all these high-end wide receivers that that towards the end of the year we were seeing you were having to pay top dollar for are offered up at, at a discount compared to what we were seeing week 18 this past year. So this allows us to be a little bit more willing to pay up at wide receiver early this season. These top-end wide receivers will in, undoubtedly become more expensive. The, the you know Cooper Cup, his price tag just went up. Now, obviously, he wasn't on this this main slate, but his price tag just went up comparatively to what it would have been if he was here on this main slate. A couple of these other guys are going to do the same. So maybe this is a good week to take advantage of some of these top tier wide receiver talents that, that you're going to get a thousand dollars cheaper than we're going to be seeing them at a, a, a two, three weeks from now. Yeah, man, I agree. And that's what I love the most about um, without going into too much of a tangent is about, um, you know, early season with any sport, whether it's NFL, MLB, NBA, NASCAR is there's just so much unknown. The pricing, you know, the algorithm doesn't know where to price people and you get a lot of value early on in the year. So uh, these first four weeks of the season are going to be when you want to really try to maximize on that potential, man. So uh, it goes without saying, but you know, dig deep in these first four weeks of the season yeah and i'll tell you one guy that that i love his price tag and that's uh tyreek hill miami dolphins coming in at 6800 and as of now sub 10 percent projected ownership he is responsible for the first sixth 13th 19th and 31st best single game ppr performances by a wide receiver since 2018 and now he has had a downgrade at quarterback from mahomes to tua this year but he is still tyreek hill and he's just as good of an opportunity to break this slate as he has anyone in years past mike Mint McDaniel's offense does like to maximize their players' yak ability, and Hill ranks fourth in yak since entering the league in 2017. We're getting a 20% discount on his salary compared to what we were seeing in Week 18 this past year. So I absolutely am going to have some Tyreek Hill exposure. There's not a ton of guys, maybe 10, 10 guys on this slate that, that we say could really come in and and break a slate putting up a, a 40% or a, a, a 40 point monster game. Tyree Hill is one of those guys and getting him at 6,800 feels great this week. And at sub 9%, I'm not necessarily going to bring two along for the ride because I don't know that I'm a believer at, as far as tapping into that to a ceiling, but Tyree Hill, I know Jalen Waddle's back on a green light after today, uh, but I, I, I still like me some Tyreek this week at 6,800. I, you know, I, I think it's fair to be argued um, the fact that uh, while moving from Patrick Mahomes to to a Tagovailoa uh, as a quarterback is obviously a downgrade. Um, when, as you said, when you're a wide receiver that uh, benefits yards lar largely, excuse me, from yards after catch. Uh, there's a good chance that Tyree Kill sees even more short yardage passes and more a chance to, you know, gain those yak yards um, after catching the ball. So I I wouldn't shut out Tyree Kill yet. Um, I, I wasn't big on him during the, you know, the dynasty off season, so to speak, in the fantasy football off season. But um, for DFS, you know. And, with it being a week to week basis and next week, you know, if I don't want him, I don't have to have him. Uh, I, you know, I don't hate Tyree kill at all, especially at a price tag, you know, that you mentioned of at uh, 6,800 and 9% ownership is even sexier. So I think Tyree kills a great play. Uh, could it bite you in the ass? It obviously could, but uh, so could the guy that I'm about to talk about. That is Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver uh, Devontae Smith, second-year wide receiver out of Alabama. He's at 6,100 in week one this week at 4% projected ownership. Um, 
I think, uh, you know, there's a lot to love. There's a lot that love and admittedly some that hate um, when we're talking about A.J. Brown moving to Philly this year from Tennessee. Uh, I believe quarterback Jalen Hurts um, in this Eagles offense is a good a good NFL offense. Um, and I think they have a good matchup this week when it comes to my Detroit Lions defense. The Lions yielded um, an NFL high 12.4 yards per completion at home um, and gave up a 29-8-8-1 in five line in the deep left and left middle or deep middle, excuse me, passing windows in 2021. Um, Smith has a year head start, obviously, on A.J. Brown in uh, the city of brotherly love in terms of working with quarterback Jalen Hurts. Uh, and is a second-year speedster who naturally benefits immensely from um, the attention that defenses are going to be forced to focus on A.J. Brown because he's a stellar athlete. Uh, Smith brings no shortage of big play upside and recorded 16 receptions of at least 20 yards last season. Um, I think I think Devontae Smith is widely slept on in regular fantasy football. I think he's slept on in Dynasty, and I think he's 100% slept on in DFS. Um Will we, you know, reap the fruits of those benefits early in the NFL season? As far as DFS goes, I don't know. Um, but this is a guy that we talked about on our show back at the um, late August or late, excuse me, late July, early August portion of our uh, recording sessions with um, Jacob Gibbs and that Devontae Smith is a supremely talented wide receiver. I think he's going to move into a significant role. I think AJ Brown only benefits that. And um, I'm, I'm big on Devonte Smith, no matter what, and the price tag of 6,100 and a 4% projected ownership. I will have, um, I would say, I, I think I'll have probably, I think I personally will have upwards of 50% ownership as far as my GPPs go this week. Let me see if I can find what AJ Brown is coming in at 10% projected right now. So I like a little bit of leverage if you, if you are going to go with a Jalen Hurts stack. I, I like, uh, you know, most people, if they're going to bring a stack along, it is going to be AJB. So maybe get a little bit different, go with Devonta Smith there. So I love that call. Yeah, and the next guy I'm going to talk about is a guy that we mentioned earlier when we spoke on our quarterback plays, and specifically Matt Ryan. And this guy is Michael Pittman, wide receiver, Indianapolis Colts. He is the Colts wide, um, uh, wide receiver one this year, and he's priced at somehow 5500 for week one, uh, which is equivalent to wide receiver 23. His projected ownership is at a very chalky 18%, which is to be expected with a very low price tag, uh, you know, of sub 6K. But um, I think Pickman is uh, he's an excellent um, value option to pair with Ryan if you're indeed, you know, leaning towards going with a Colts build in tournaments. Um, you could obviously also go Ryan and uh, JT if you want to go that way. But he's the clear cut number one wide out. He's got plenty of work there. Um, with Ryan this summer, uh, he should be busy week one against the Texans defense. They posted 110 that he posted a 110 total yards against and eight total touchdowns last time uh, he saw Houston or yeah, last time he saw Houston in week 13 of last season. The Texans also gave up 20 touchdowns and three short passing windows last season. Uh, areas of the field where Pittman recorded 74 receptions of four touchdowns. Um, as well. So I think the cards are lining up for Pittman to do well with an 18% projected ownership. I wouldn't hate uh, almost pivoting off Pittman a little bit and going with the guy that we're going to mention later in the show, just if it's tournament wise and getting yourself a little bit of leverage, but the price tag's just so low. You're never going to get them this cheap the rest of the year. I, I, I agree. Michael Pittman, it's, it, he's almost hard to get away from at that 5,500 price tag, 18% projected right now, according to, to fantasy points. So uh, I, I, I like the call. And again, we mentioned Matt Ryan coming in at sub 6%. Uh, that might still be an avenue to bring Michael Pittman along. And, you know, uh, another guy that, that I love this week is Elijah Moore, New York Jets coming in at 5,100 versus the Baltimore Ravens. That's wide receiver 29 pricing, and he's coming in at 8% projected ownership according to Fantasy Points this week. Joe Flacco does appear likely to be the starter for the New York Jets week one as Zach Wilson still continues to recover from the knee surgery. 
And if there's one thing that Joe Flacco knows, it is how to get the ball to Elijah Moore. He has recorded 48% of Flacco's total passing yards and 33% of Flacco's total completions in his lone 2021 start, which was week 11 of this past year, totaling a season high of 29.6 fantasy points in that very contest. The Jets are seven-point underdogs this week, so it sets up very nicely for our guy Elijah more given that he averaged 16.4 DraftKings fantasy points per game good enough for wide receiver 14 in the eight games last year where the Jets were four point underdogs or worse I love Elijah Moore long term I love him short term you know backup QB Joe Flacco I don't care give me Elijah Moore at 5100 this week yeah I'm a big fan of Elijah Moore and and, and I am not sold on the fact that um you know that Rookies coming in there are just going to take away from all of his targets. So uh, there's absolutely nothing I hate about this. Uh, and you probably won't hear me hate on it until, you know, there's reason for me to. Um, a guy I'm going to talk about is Giants wide receiver Kadarius Tony. He's priced at 4100 this week. He comes in at uh, wide receiver 62 pricing with a 9% projected ownership. Um, it goes without saying Tony is a shaky play uh, heading into opening weekend. He's obviously dealing with a leg injury. However, uh, you know, one thing I've learned from my previous years of NFL DFS is that injury tags significantly affect ownership. Um, when questionable tags come out during the week and then, you know, even adding into Saturday, um, you know, you'll see a lot of guys drop off. I do see it's at 9% right now. That's a bit higher than I'd like to see. And to be honest, if it doesn't drop below five, I probably wouldn't take a chance on even rostering him at all. Um, but I think this is prime time to take a chance on a guy like Darius Tony in tournaments um, because the team likely wouldn't do that if they believe, you know, that they were healthy. So I think Tony's risky, but I think he's worth a gamble this week. Um, I'm kind of curious, Dan, on what you think of Kadarius Tony. It's somebody we talked about uh, during our dynasty shows this uh, this past um, off season. Yeah, I had Tony as a a, a buy this past offseason, and I, I was gobbling up shares and best ball shares. So I'm hoping he's healthy because when he's on the field and he, he's earning those targets, he's up there with top-tier guys. So uh, if he is indeed green-lighted at that price tag, I'll have a decent amount. If you know reports come out that he is in, indeed ready to go, we might see that 9% jump up a little bit more, but I still don't mind it. If, if there's anybody as far as the receiving option there goes for the Giants, KT is definitely the guy that I want to target. Going back to the Colts, though, we talked about, you know, obviously Michael Pittman being a little bit more chalkier this week. Well, let's go all the way down to 3,300 and talk about our guy, Paris Campbell, a dynasty darling from the last couple of years who just can't seem to stay healthy. Uh, apparently, he's healthy right now, and as a full-time starter, he's easily in line for more work this year, especially than his current salary implies there at 3300 He should be locked in as the number two option in the receiving game there for Matt Ryan. He's got a great price tag and an even better play to gain leverage off of the chalky Michael Pittman. So you're getting Paris Campbell sub-2%, 3300 and leverage off of Michael Pittman coming in at 18, 19, even 20% probably by Sunday. I love Paris Campbell this week and allows you to do some really great things with the rest of your lineup. Finding these guys, I mean, 3,300, that's most league minimum. That's wide receiver 91 and sub 2%. If Paris Campbell goes off and he's in your lineup, I mean, you're breaking some slates wide open with sub 2%. I'll be all over it. Whether I have Michael Pittman in my lineups or not, I will have a uh, very large amount of exposure to Paris Campbell. Either way, uh, it's too hard to pass up on, in my opinion. Um, all right, we talked about Kadarius Tony. I am going to mention one more. I, I originally had Juan Dale Robinson on here coming in at the league minimum there at 3K. Uh and it kind of is more pending the health. If Kadarius Tony is indeed fully green-lighted and is out there, I'm a little bit uh, less enthused with Wandale this week. But he is shaping up as a full-time starter there for the Giants. 
at least based on his preseason usage. And given that he would presumably play the vast majority of his snaps out of the slot, Robinson certainly has a PPR potential. Sterling Shepard has shown during his time there with the Giants that he can play the slot, but he's a high-end salary-saving option. Bearing the news that Sterling Shepard will man the slot in week one, this is a situation to monitor. I want to hear from the Giants who's healthy, who's going to be playing. Is Sterling Shepard there? You know, they could bump Sterling to the outside and let Wandale end up playing if, if Kadarius Tony can't end up getting green lighted. So, something to monitor. Uh, again, there's a few guys here at the the league minimum 3K there at the wide receiver position that I don't mind plugging in if I'm really just looking to punt one of my given positions and allow me to, as I mentioned earlier, either pay up at the quarterback position or potentially get two stud running backs into my lineup. Yeah, I don't hate that at all, man. Um, I'm almost actually probably more um, obsolete towards the Wandale Robinson side, even though I don't really care for going heavy on rookies. Um, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Daniel Jones whatsoever, so uh, it scares me playing any Giants wide receiver. But um, it's sub six or it's uh, sub you know seven percent, and at the minimum minimum pricing, um, I definitely have interest in playing him. Um, real quick, I will mention Romeo Dubs, who who coach hates coming in at four percent. He is another three K option that that could see some substantial run here in Week One. A lot of buzz in the preseason, and another guy that I am hot on after seeing his roster projected roster percentage at seven percent is uh, Amon Ross St. Brown there for the Lions coming in at seven percent. But Nate, let's keep it moving. Let's roll on into the tight end position. Who do you have there at, at tight end that you might be targeting? Yeah, you know, speaking of Detroit Lions, the guy I'm going to talk about is uh, TJ Hawkinson, tight end for the Detroit Lions against the Philadelphia Eagles this week at sub $5,000 pricing and at sub 7% uh, projected ownership. Um, the Eagles-Lions game has a solid amount of shootout potential. It's projected currently at 48.5 point total, um, the highest of the early window, and both teams' tight ends could be heavily involved in that game. Hawkinson posted a 10, 89, and one line on 11 targets versus the Eagles last year. And Hawk was targeted on an impressive 23% of, it, of his routes um, run last season as well. Um, with a year of rapport with Jared Goff under his belt and the Eagles having surrendered an NFL high 107 receptions and 14 touchdowns, two tight ends last season, Hawkinson is worthy of consideration for a value play at tight end in a game that certainly has a favorable environment for him. Um, talking about Goff and targeting his tight ends was something that I mentioned in several articles last year back when I was still doing writing for various outlets. Uh, it just proved to be true, and I don't think it's going to go away at all. Uh, I'm going to be heavy on Hawkinson. I've seen actually quite a few DFSs and regular fantasy football analysts that are fading Hawkinson this week. Uh, prior to getting banged up last year, he was rock solid. So I don't understand the hate, and with his pricing at $4,900, there's no way I'm going to get away from him. Yeah, so I mean, you you, you can get Hawk and uh, Amon Ross St. Brown and, and Goff coming in at one percent projected ownership. You can get a essentially a a lion stack and be super contrarian. Uh, ARSB being the the chalkiest of the bunch there at seven percent, but that's not bad. He, uh, it's it's a good matchup for St. Brown, so I am going to have some exposure this week, and I think that you should too. Another tight end I'm going to mention, you know me, when I'm talking tight ends, I like to punt all the way down to the bottom. It's a, a forgotten position as far as I'm concerned. Well, I'm talking about Daniel Bellinger of the New York Giants. He is coming in at 2,500, a true punt play coming in at one or sub 1% roster ship across the main slate he is in line to be the Giants tight end one this season last season the Giants tight end one Evan Ingram averaged a rather shitty 6.8 fantasy points per game but he still would have four times the $2,500 DraftKings salary in his 33% of his total games now if Bellinger can even touch 80% of Dawson Knox 2021 production under Dabble, which was 8.7 fantasy points per game. He would easily be the most undervalued tight end by salary 
on DraftKings this week, given the 8.7 fantasy points per game, was good enough for tight end 19 this past year. I like Bellinger as a true punt in a, a game that the Giants are indeed underdogs in. Maybe Bellinger can turn in a decent line in that 2,500. Uh, if I'm punting, Bellinger is my guy. A couple of other pivot plays I will talk about. One is Cole Komet. He is coming in at 4% right now. Komet has a great shot to be the, the number two option there for the Bears. And outside of Darnell Mooney and Komet, there's really not a whole lot else there. So we're talking about a condensed target share here for Justin Fields. You want to roll out a Justin Fields stack? You can do Justin Fields, Darnell Mooney, and Cole Komet, and potentially a bring-back option there for San Fran. Uh, you know, and, and have a nice condensed stack. Justin Fields' ownership this, this week is shaping up to be pretty low. That's another my guy that I'm betting on a lot this season. Give me Cole Komet and Justin Fields. Cole Komet at sub 4%. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I don't hate that at all, man. Um, I was real, real big on Cole Komet uh, all throughout last year. Um, I think I overhyped myself a bit too much, but I don't think that um, – being in his second year, I think he's obviously still got a ton of time to grow and a ton of time to do um, great things. Jalen, the, op- the opportunity is there too. Jalen is here in the chat right now. He, he oh, Jalen, we got up. we got shit to talk about, bud. Jalen, appreciate you tuning in, man. Sodfs, we are here, week one. Uh, you know, it, it's an honor, man, to have burnt toast in our comments on our live stream right now. Uh, you know, that's just good stuff right there. So, Jalen, appreciate you tuning in. Reach us each and every week here on Friday night, man. We'll tell you about how you did, tell you about uh, what type of things you can put on burnt toast in order to make it a little bit better. There's, a, you know, some jellies out there that are that are pristine that, that could really take you to the top. But, you know, we'll get to that in, uh, another day. I appreciate you stopping by tonight, though, my man. Yeah, it's good to see that the Wi-Fi connection is still strong in Canada. Uh very good to know. Uh, before we head out for the night, um, obviously we have plenty and plenty of plenty of plenty of thanks to give to many many people. Um, first and foremost, make sure you're sub to the uh, Sons of Dynasty on YouTube. It is our main uh, outlet, so to speak, for the Sons of DFS um, content all season long, as well as the Sons of Dynasty stuff that we may or may not put out throughout the rest of uh, this NFL season. So. Um, go to Dynasty Sons on YouTube, sub to the page, click the bell so you're always notified when we drop something new. Um, it's uh, it's probably the biggest help that you could truthfully give us is subbing to the YouTube channel. Um, I want to give a big thanks to uh, the Fantasy Points Media Group, obviously, for them partnering up with us this year, uh, promoting our work, just the, the networking in general and the knowledge that we're gaining, um, interacting with so many great minds of that brand. And... Um, friends as you know as a matter of fact a lot of them are just friends too so it's just so great to share um so much knowledge with so many great people um obviously brother matt uh, he's on twitter um at uh dy underscore nasty dude he obviously makes these very very beautiful layovers um handles a lot of the uh audio content that goes out for our podcast channels he does um a tremendous amount of work behind the scenes and without brother Matt, this show certainly wouldn't be possible and definitely would be near impossible to do without him. So uh, thank you, brother Matt, for everything that you do. Um, as you know, Dan and I love you very much. And then last, but certainly not least is Viridian global. Um, they put out all of our SOD and SODFS gear um, right there. Um, go over to readingglobal.com. You can get anything SOD, um, SODFS, and as a matter of fact, fantasy points related there as well. Yeah, so go, go check out Viridian Global. They got all your FF apparel that you could ever desire, whether it's SOD gear, fantasy points gear, or or many of the others that they have. Uh, big shout out to the rest of the team. BZ, you can follow him at WBZBFF, uh, Coach at Coach Craig Sports, and Rusty, our guy at DevonB44. Go follow all those guys, man. SOD team is here. 
year round to answer your questions. You know, hit us up on Twitter via DM, tweet us, whatever you got to do. Drop in the comments here on YouTube. We'll try to get back to you and help you guys. Uh, you know, maneuver through fantasy football this season. So uh, I'm excited to be back. I, I think Nate and, and Matt. You know, we're all just looking to get better each and every year, improve our process, and, and continue to just. Uh, you know, educate you guys and educate ourselves on, on the games that we love. Um, you know, I'm just happy that football's back, man. I can't say I can't say that enough. Amen to that. All right, man. Well, on behalf of Sons of Dynasty and the Fantasy Points Media Group, man, uh, I appreciate anybody that tuned in tonight. You know, we are available via podcast, wherever it is that, that you do your podcast listening to. So hit us up, and uh, we are excited for this NFL season, including week one. Uh, let's go make some bank this week. Until next time, much love to everybody out there.